This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, all in all, it was uh, it's a great opportunity to learn. We, we, we saw some great, great guards who were veterans, and it was great for our young guys. And uh, I'm disappointed in our loose balls in the second half, but uh, and that was the ball game. But again, uh, give Baylor all the credit for that. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you. Good morning. It is the morning. I'm recording this. It's uh, The clock just hit 12.18 a.m. here on December 3rd. It's now Thursday morning. And uh, this morning, we are reacting to an Illinois loss. Baylor denies Illinois its marquee moment. No, this is not a reenactment of the Wake Forest game, which happened 16 years and now two days ago as the 2004-05 cement their spot at the top of the rankings after that win over Chris Paul and the number one Demon Deacons. This is not that moment as Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, Adam Miller all really struggle as Illinois loses to number two Baylor 82-69. to For Baylor, I think it shows just how good that program is. But this was a competitive game uh, for 28 minutes. It, there was a two-possession lead was as big as it got uh, through the first 28 minutes of this game. Georgia Bashanishvili was fantastic in the first half for Kofi Coburn, who was in foul trouble. And uh, Io DeSumo struggled, but you saw a guy Guys like Andre Curbelo really step up uh, and fill a need for the Illini and make some plays. Coleman Hawkins, a freshman, uh, had some nice moments. Uh, and Illinois' defense was pretty locked in for the first 28 minutes. But Illinois slipped uh, for about five or six minutes there, even maybe less than that. And Baylor showed what a Final Four likely Final Four team, can I say that? Um, but a national title contender does. They make you pay for it, and they're deep. Uh, they had great play from their bench. Their fours are really good, uh, and they got guards who can really, really defend. So what did we learn from Illinois tonight in an 82-69 loss to number 2 Baylor, and what do they do from here with it? Uh, a guy kind enough to join me who knows a lot about basketball, and we talked for about this game for about 40 minutes. So it's a little bit longer of a podcast today, but I think you'll really enjoy it. Michael Tulip, uh, I, I texted him in the middle of the game about what was happening. I'm like, hey, would, would you be willing? Piper's in Indianapolis writing. Would you mind coming on to the podcast and and just talking about this huge game? And, of course, Michael Tulip, former Illini, former Wright State Guard, and the coach of the House of Pain team for the basketball tournament Illini alumni team. He knows his stuff. And uh, he had great insight. And uh, he came away with some things Illinois needs to work on, but he also came away – maybe a little bit more positive about this experience than many of you. So when we come back, you'll find out why Michael Tuop is uh, is more optimistic after this game maybe than he was before it. That's coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. 
All right, welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast and kind enough to join me. Uh, late night basketball pod here. It's 1140 Central Time as Michael Tulip and I will talk uh, Illinois against Baylor. Uh, it was a really pretty good game for the first 28 minutes. And then Baylor, just before you noticed, uh, got a double digit lead in a game that was within four points for the first 28 minutes. They go on to win 82 to 69. And and Mike, just just initial thoughts, man, on on a game where I thought Illinois proved it belonged. It just didn't bring its A game. Well, first things first, I appreciate you, you know, allowing me to join you for your for your nightcap, uh, your customary <laughs> nightcap. But you drinking um, anything? I, I I had a coffee before the game just so I could stay awake and do this. <laughs> no, man, I actually cra- crazy enough. God, I have ESPN open and these ads keep playing, so I apologize for that. But um, actually, I was driving down from Ohio to Nashville. Um, and my, my ETA was like eight fifty eight central time. So I left all my luggage in the car and stuff and just came upstairs to make sure I caught the game. So I was just, I was wired just from the drive, but, sure. um, but yeah, man, I, it's, there's a lot of things that, that I was actually encouraged by in this game. I think when you look at the actual, you know, and not just the statistics and not just, you know, guys stat lines and, and whatnot, but more so more so when you look at the, you know, the ability for a lot of these freshmen to come in, I was absolutely blown away, um, you know, by Andre Curbelo and, and, and even what, what Coleman Hawkins was able to do when he came in there. Um, you know, I look at him as a guy who, you know, do you look at Brad Underwood and go, hey, do you have an eight-man rotation or do you go a nine-man rotation? Mm-hmm. And if you do do a nine-man rotation, that ninth man is, is, you know, most likely Coleman Hawkins or Grandison, you know, whichever you prefer – but the eighth or ninth man has to be a guy that does exactly what Coleman Hawkins did tonight. It's ripping the ball out of guys' hands. It's blocking shots when you have. It's using your length. It's playing tough, and and that that was extremely encouraging. Um, obviously, Georgie really kept them in it in the first half, and and, and then you look at, um, you know, I struggled tonight, and I say struggled. You know, he had eighteen six and five, but that's a that's a preseason All American for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought at times, you know, the the way that they that they have their lineups and structure their lineups. There's times where Io actually looks a lot more comfortable with Andrew with Curbelo on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought he was able to kind of get a breather a little bit and, and get off the ball um, because it allows Curbelo to to kind of slice and dice through the defense, and and Io can kind of have more natural movement off the ball as opposed to trying to get everything going um, handling the ball. And and obviously Kofi was you know he played 18 minutes tonight and never really got into the flow of it. Um, it was a tough game regardless. I mean, even if he did play, a, you know, 25 minutes, um, that's 25 minutes of being in ball screens, those middle ball screens that, that Baylor runs. And they were making a point to, you know, to roll hard and try to get him to make a decision. And I thought, you know, I thought he and Georgie certainly tried their best, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of stunt and be in the middle of those two uh, and make and make the ball handler make a decision. But, you know, it's just one of those things where I, I think I tweeted at the beginning of the game and I said, you know what, we belong. And as the game goes on, you cannot let a three or four minute stretch convince you that you don't belong. Right. Um, you know, there's plenty of teams that Illinois is going to do that to this year. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's one game. Um, and there, and honestly, there's a lot of good that you can take from it. Um, I don't think we see another Trent Frazier five turnover game this year. Um, 
And if, and if, you know, and if he does have another one, I think Underwood might have an aneurysm, <laughs> but, but, but I do think that there's, you know, there's certain parts of these games and certain things you can take them. I mean, that's one of the best defensive teams that I've seen in a long time. Illinois had 12 turnovers. That's it. I mean, and like in, yeah. in with a ton of pressure and playing three different freshmen, like it, just go down the line here. I mean, Kofi, sophomore, Adam Miller, freshman, um, Coleman Hawkins, freshman, Corbello, freshman, Grandison, his really his first game on this type of stage. I mean, that's about half the team that you're playing. Um, and then you go you know, on the flip side of it, you go to Baylor and it's like senior, senior, you know, yeah. season, the guy, you know, all of them come from that team that won 23 straight last year. So I was actually really encouraged by the game. Um, and and I, I think there's there's a lot more that obviously we can get into, but right. um, those are just kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, my, my biggest thing is, um, you know, I know Duke, the matchup kind of got most of the fans talking, Mike, but I, I yeah. saw this one and I was like, that team is the real Final Four team because it's a veteran team. It's, it's guys who have been together. It's a team that was going to be a one seed last year and they're all coming back. Uh, as good as the Big Ten is, I think this is the best team you're playing all year. And I think that might be my, my biggest takeaway is people might be concerned about Iowa tonight, but I just think that Baylor defense is one of the best in the country. And you saw um, Illinois did pretty good defensively through most of this game, but you saw he let up just for a little bit. Um, and, and they take advantage of you. And, and those are the teams, Mike, we, we see get to the Final Four, win conference championships. Uh, Baylor, to me, looked like uh, a national title contender. That's a, It's a clear-cut national national title contender. And, and the other thing, too, that I thought, you know, midway through that second half, whatever was the, the 9-15 mark or 8-15 mark, where you started to see the tide turn, I thought there was actually a stretch before that you know, Illinois was fortunate enough that it didn't balloon too much earlier. And I thought actually Brad Underwood took a great timeout after the Trent Frazier bank three um, to call a timeout because he wanted to set the press offense. Um, and if you keep, you know, if you let that run, you know, and announce 49-46, you know, let's say they score a bucket 51-46, and now they get another, you know, pick six off that press when you don't have it set up. I mean, so I thought it was a good timeout to take. But the one thing that I saw in the second half was – Illinois became a little bit reactionary um, and, and reactive as, as opposed to being proactive and, and kind of initiating um, certain movements and certain, you know, toughness plays. And that's kind of what happens. Like you have this, you have this really weird um, like dynamic where it's like the ball goes off the rim and you have five guys that are wondering which of the other four guys are going to get the ball. Hmm. And then, then it ends up, no one's getting it. Um, and, and it felt like there was a six-minute stretch or so, um, maybe even three or four minutes before the run happened, where I was sitting there going, God, they look, a, they look really reactive right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that was kind of when the tide turned. And, and you saw them. They, had, they actually had a couple chances to, to make it a two-possession game. Um, I thought Iowa had a couple chances, and I, and I will never – I, I want to preface this by <laughs> saying I am very aware that Iowa is a future NBA player – He's a preseason All-American, so me nitpicking his game is not, you know, me not knowing those things. But I will say so where, where he can take the next step, he, he has a lot of those long jump layups, right? And, and I think what he can do, and I think it will even help him, um, you know, passing the ball as well, if he, can, if he can long stride into more of like a pivot around the rim, and because he gets guys contesting. So yeah. if – 
if you can find a way and even even mix a little Andres Feliz in there where you can kind of get into a guy's body and hit a little fadeaway. But I thought there were certain moments where he can actually get into the lane and, and pivot. I think and, and, and guys are going to be flying by and whether that's him pivoting, you know, to go to his left hand for a layup in front of the rim or him pivoting and just shoveling it off to Georgie or Kofi for a dunk. I thought he had numerous chances to do that. Um, you know, and, are you and suggesting the are, times. Are, you su- are you suggesting jump stops? Because I am a sucker for jump stops. <laughs> I, I, it sounds so crazy, but even when I was at Wright State and obviously Wright State, Illinois, two different levels, right. it was the first thing we did every every day of practice was jump stops. Yeah. And it sounds so elementary, but um, but but Frank Kaminsky, I know he's a seven foot post player, but he murdered people mm-hmm. on on just pivoting. And and it's such a I don't want to be the guy. It's a lost art, but. <laughs> But it is in a sense, and, and I think it's something that can actually help a lot of these guys. If you want to look, Andre Corbello actually, it, he, he, he's really good at it, um, and he pivots in different parts of the floor. It's not just around the rim, but he pivots to get those passing angles. He pivots you know, to get a cleaner look around the rim, probably because Andre Corbello has always had to do that. And it's, it's, a, cra- it's a craftiness that you gain from being a little undersized Whereas Io being a little bit bigger, you know, he, he may not have always needed to do that. So it's it's something that um, that that maybe you know he can add to his arsenal and and, and become even more uh, even more of a threat. But it's you know as you look at the game itself, I mean, pretty I, it's it's a pretty evenly matched game apart from those those offensive rebounds Baylor got in the second half. I mean, both teams sixty three percent from the line. Not great. Both teams, 38% from three. Both teams, about 44, 45% from the field. Like, you know, the, the difference was, okay, you got the offensive rebounds. You know, Baylor won that battle by five. And then they also won the turnover battle by yeah. five. So that's 10 extra possessions in that game. And and look, it's a 13-point game. So there, there it is right there. Yeah. Uh, before we get into some of the positives, and we, we haven't really even mentioned much of Georgie yet, which I want to get into – um, I mean, your stars, and I think your stars this year, obviously Io, 18 points on 18 field goals, and a lot of those were, were points late uh, when Baylor had their big lead. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Kofi um, just wasn't impactful. The foul trouble obviously impacted him, but I don't think that was it uh, for Kofi. And I, I wasn't that impressed in his first three games, uh, Mike. Uh, and then Adam Miller uh, goes 0 for 6 from 3. And I, I like Adam Miller's demeanor. I like his game. Uh, you just can't have – a guy who probably needs to be your best shooter, go 0 for 6 from 3 and, and upset the number two team in the country. So um, what, what concerns you about those three? Because I, I think that's their big three mm-hmm. this year in terms of scoring. Um, what outside of what Baylor is so good at um, that they need to improve? I mean, you mentioned some of it with Iowa, but how about Kofi? Um, because he, he I just haven't loved what I've seen from him through four games. I haven't seen a big step forward for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think with Kofi, it's it's it, and and I don't want to speak for Brad Underwood, but I can imagine as a coach that it, it puts you in a bit of a dilemma because you say to yourself, on the one hand, okay, offensively, we love our matchup, you know, like we love our matchup where if we can get the ball into Kofi, he's either getting to the line or he's or he's scoring an easy basket around the rim, but on the defensive end, I mean, what you're looking for out of Kofi from last year to this year is can we take a step forward in ball screen coverages? And, and really the difference I thought between Kofi and, and Georgie tonight, both aren't necessarily tremendous defenders. And I know you and I talked about this earlier, but Georgie's active. Yeah. 
and 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 activity, even if in the slightest bit, can make the offense the the offense uncomfortable. Here's the thing: when you're when you're in ball screen coverages, and even if you're sinking, you know, if if you're going to sink on the ball screen coverage, and that's their coverage, you can't be a statue because anybody's going to come off and and they'll feel good, they'll feel comfortable shooting the ball. But if you look at Georgie, even when he's in sinking in coverage, he's jabbing at guys. He's mm-hmm. You know, he's moving his speed. He's and it makes and even in the slightest bit, it can make the offense uncomfortable to where they may not take that shot. And if they do take the shot, they're not as comfortable as if, you know, you're just standing there with your arms out, kind of slowly backpedaling. So um and, and it and it keeps the offense off kilter, you know, because you can get in a rhythm not just by the guy that's guarding you, but by the help defender, especially if it's off a ball screen. So you if you know that he's backing up this way, you know, he's you know, he's not you know, very active, then you can keep grooving that. And, you know, I didn't think it hurt him too bad this game because he was in foul trouble. But um, but I thought for the most part, you know, and then and then you talk about, you know, Adam Miller as well. It, you know, a guy like that who has that confidence, that, that kind of gunslinger mentality, like you're going to have these nights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are, so what are you offering in other areas? I thought, you know, for 31 minutes for a true freshman against one of the best defenses I've seen, one turnover is pretty dang good. Yeah. And I get it. He's not, you know, he's not handling coming off ball screens, but he had plenty of opportunities where there was heat in the kitchen and he took care of the ball. Um, for a guy his, with his athleticism, you know, you'd obviously love to see more than two rebounds, but somehow some, sometimes it's just how the ball bounces. But the thing for Adam Miller that I think is, is great, and we talked about Baylor being an unbelievable litmus test, the thing with Adam Miller is, and I think I tweeted it earlier, against a team like that, when you are open, even for a sliver, a sliver of time, shoot the ball. Because that gap will close so fast, um, especially at this level. Like North Carolina A&T, Chicago State, you know, you're teeing up with the wind of your back. Guys aren't even in the zip code. But for, for these types of teams – there, there's got to be no hesitation, and it's releasing the ball and shooting it. Because quite honestly, that's how you practice. You know, you actually don't practice those like catch and, you know, take a deep breath, you know, take a three. You don't practice those. What you do practice is catch and shoot, catch and shoot. So, like, trust that. And what I actually think will end up happening is he's going to go and play Duke next week and feel like he has this – unbelievable amount of space yeah so i actually think there's you know baylor kind of a kind of healthy line in that sense where you're not going to feel like there's nine defenders on the floor yeah um well let's get some of the positive here um and you know demonte williams i thought was demonte williams 6.7 boards and he battled that that's a tough matchup for him and and teams uh teams 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 are gonna be able to just get some rebounds over him but i thought he battled as he usually does uh, but Georgie Bashanishvili, man, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, he can be a spaz, right? And and that can be a positive, mm-hmm. and that can be a negative sometimes. But boy, it was a huge positive energy wise. Uh, he was confident. Brad just said in the post game that uh, Georgie was telling him about how nervous he was before the game, but that he loved that feeling. Uh, man, what what an X factor he was tonight, and he kept you in the game. Uh, what was different for him from from your point of view, Mike? Because we're not expecting that every night, but. Um, to have a backup big like that uh, could be so valuable. Absolutely, and and you mentioned it, his activity and a bit of a spaz, but it's but it's in a good way. Yeah. And you know what the thing tonight was, and I remember sitting there thinking about it. There's a certain psychology that goes into knowing that the guy that plays in front of you is in foul trouble. Yeah, and it's like the Spike Albrecht effect, right? So back in the you know 2013 NCAA tournament national championship game. 
I'm not sure Spike Albrecht is doing what Spike Albrecht did in that first half if Trey Burke doesn't have two fouls. Because you're, you know, you're second guessing, okay, I, I can't make a mistake because Kofi's running right back to the scores table if I do. And I thought, you know, he had the hook shot that basically went off the glass um, that right in the beginning. And then I thought he kind of settled in. You know, you see a couple – you see a couple balls go through the basket, and that was a product of him keeping balls alive. You know, but, but you're right. Being active. I, that's that's what I thought, Mike. Is like he knows he's not getting pulled, so he, yeah. he's not worried it's about completely make, different psychology. Yeah, he's not worried about making a mistake and getting pulled because of it, um, or, or trying to do too much, and then he gets pulled. Like he's just playing. Yep. No, absolutely, and I and I think too, like this is, I look at a few different things, right? Like, I that's not going to be the customary IO game. Right. That's not right. going to be the customary Adam Miller game. That's not going to be the customary Kofi game. Um, although, you know, I think Kofi just needs to just find a way to be even more impactful on the defensive end. Because what happens at times, even when he's not in ball screen coverages, when he is the help man. So Georgie had that, you know, Georgie got beat baseline by Butler in the second half late. And that rotation was really Kofi's. But he's just got to get over there. Like there's, and and that's part of it too. Where like if you have a different, maybe a guard in that spot, maybe he's sliding over, maybe Trent's sliding over, taking a charge. So he needs to find a way to to figure that out, and he will. Like those three guys, as you mentioned, those three go-to guys will find that out. But man, if you just like hide their box scores, you're. I mean, you're pretty impressed. I mean, aside from the Trent Frazier five turnovers, yeah. when you go Georgie and Curbelo and what that's going to do for their confidence. Like that, that's what you need because those are the guys that, you know, Io and Adam Miller and Kofi are always going to be confident. There's no question. But those two guys being confident and then marrying that with when these, when, when those other three guys hit their stride, it's going to be dangerous, man. Like I, and I actually, I mean, I, I think I, I audibly said, wow, like four different times when Andre Corbello <laughs> did something tonight, even when it was super minuscule. Yeah, let's get I mean, into he that. Had a couple. Get, get into that, ahead, Mike, yeah. because um, 11 points tonight, four assists. This is just the box score stuff, one turnover. But the box score really yeah. doesn't uh, tell the story of Andre Corbello just because what he sees on the court, and you're, you're a guard. Um, of yeah. it's, it's just rare what he can see. And uh, I was astonished. Brad told us afterwards we'd seen some pictures a couple weeks ago where Andre wasn't practicing. Uh, apparently he had a concussion and was out for eight yep. days um, leading up to the season. And we saw him have some turnover issues, but we also saw that that run against Chicago State, lower-level opponent, but he dominated the game. And there were moments today, um, and you mentioned it, where it felt like Baylor was about to pull away and Andre had four straight points to keep Illinois in it. What, what does make him different, or, or what do you see out of him? Because Brad t- said today he was elite. Um, and, and I think Andre Curbel before long is, is going to be one of their, their top playmakers. Uh, I think Andre Curbelo, you know, and, you know, in the next few years, maybe in a couple of years, I mean, he's an, he's a no question, all big 10 type of player. I mean, he's the, the thing with him, you, you look at and if you go back and watch the tape and I'm sure you saw this in real time too, the way he split the defense, the way he can and work his way around, no one does that to Baylor. Like, no one does that to Baylor. And this is, this is a kid that's a true freshman playing in his fourth game. Um, and, and, he's, and he's finding these ways where, where other guys on the floor, even Iowa at times, like, it feels like every time they drive, and granted, it's Iowa. I mean, you're going to run a second body at him. But even when Trent, it felt like, like when I close my eyes and picture Adam Miller and Trent having the ball, for some reason, there's like, it looks like there's two guys on them. And that's what it always looks like when Baylor, because they're, they're great in the help position, and, and they can all guard the ball. 
But then you see Andre Corbello, the, the you know, the 165-pound freshman, he's at the basket, and he's, and he's around the rim, and he's making Baylor make decisions defensively. Um, and, and that's really all you want in a, in a true freshman point guard. Like, it, it's it, – for some reason, like, when he comes into the game, and right now, you know, there's a little bit of a give and take because, you know, I, I think he – I think he is – he's starting to pick it up. I actually think he's gotten – he's taken a step forward defensively just in four games. Yeah. So, as he continues – as he continues to do that, um, he's going to become even more valuable. And, you know, I know he was in a little bit of foul trouble tonight as well, but, like, 16 minutes may turn into like 25 and I, I think if you have him on the floor your offense is a is a little more fluid um you know the ball's kind of hopping a little bit more and and also like I, I do think that you know he'll get into you a little bit defensively and I think he need, he knows he needs to do that to make up for you know his his I guess his physical limitations at times but um but man he is just like he's he's so smooth and everybody saw the highlights in in high school and stuff and that's what made me so excited about him is you can't you can't have enough guys like that who know the game they can think the game and that's that's the the big positive I think for this this Illinois team this year is no matter what you have guys on the floor that you know that know the game and you know that and and you know that they know the right play to make and they know the wrong play to make and they know the difference between the two. So, you know, I, I always, I always like to say, and, and, and all these guys do the little things. And I always like to say yeah. like in, in a game of small differences, small differences are the game. Um, and, and, and I thought that was, that was really um, part of it that I was encouraged by, you know, tonight was like some of these guys, you know, they, they made those small differences. Um, you know, whether it was Coleman Hawkins, Georgie, um, I thought I thought there were a lot of positives tonight. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about guys who, you know, um, how, how many minutes would they play? Or the, These are reserve kind of bench players uh, that I thought was really encouraging tonight. You mentioned Coleman Hawkins, and uh, I, I love his IQ, the way he thinks about the game, and he just knows what his role has to be. I think it's a little bit of an underrated storyline here that, you know, he was the after what I thought wasn't a very strong game against Ohio. He lost a couple guys in transition, gave up open shots. Um, yep. Jacob Grandison uh, was behind him tonight. Uh, what do yep. you What do you think of that, and what do you think of that moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I thought I was actually talking to to Tyler Underwood, um, you know, earlier today, and, and we were just kind of talking about the game and and whatnot, and we both said, you know, it's like. It's the guys that are going to do the little things. I've always said, you know, whether it's shock the world, prove that you belong, all those things, those are great, but they're not a game plan. Um, and, and ultimately, what you'll end up shocking the world and you'll end up proving you belong. And all that's going to be a byproduct of the little things that you do on the court. And I thought today Coleman Hawkins did the little things. You know, he's, you know, he played five minutes, got three rebounds. He had that block. Um, and then he also just, just ripped the ball out of a guy's hands. I know, like, you can, you know, people can sit there and say, okay, I, okay, great, he ripped the ball out of a guy's hands. You'll be surprised how many people don't do that and how many true freshmen don't do that in a top-five game on ESPN. Um, you know, so I thought that, that, that was, like, one of my favorite plays of the game, honestly. And, and, and I thought it was – if you can have a guy like that, that's invaluable. For an eighth, ninth guy who knows that his role is to come in, provide energy, rip the ball out of a guy's hands – Block some shots. I mean, you can't have everyone thinking that they're like an all Big Ten player. Um, that's that's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, that's that's why you want to have a good blend of that on your team. And I thought 
you know, he's emerging right now as really like that, you know, that eighth guy. I say, you know, I say emerging. It's it's one game, but um, it's a game against the number two team in the country that, you know, he, he didn't look, you know, fearful at all. All right, Coach Latulip, what's, what's the focus um, in the next couple of days? You got one more tune-up game, you hope, against – uh, you know, an, an overmatched UT Martin team coming up. So what's the focus as you get ready and uh, for another top 10 matchup, top 15 matchup next week against Duke? Well, I think the biggest thing that you can take from this game, and you saw it from Baylor tonight as well. I mean, it was, it was one of the things that I talked about before the game today was because I thought they didn't do a great job of it against Ohio. But in this non-crowd era, you have to create your own energy. We saw actually saw it for the House of Pain, like how important that was to have the guys on the bench, you know, basically serving as the the crowd in a sense and serving as that, um, I guess, that injection of energy, if you will. And 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 really, that's that's the focus. And that's like, oh man, you know, if you can continue to do that consistently and, and do it consistently to where you know, do it when things are going well, do it when things aren't going well. Because you need that energy regardless. And I think, you know, what, I'm fo- what I'd be focused on, you know, if you're looking at the tape from Ohio and Baylor, that's why I was, I was sitting there in the second half just like, there are so many things that they can take from these two games. You know, one was a win, obviously, against who I think is probably the most complete player that, you know, Illinois may play this year in Jason Preston. But then you have the game against the number two team in the country where, you know, you can actually take a lot of positives out of it. And and I just think you keep building on that and you don't make, you know, what you can't do is make every game, you know, something different, right? Like, oh my God, we're playing Baylor, the number two team in the country. All right, okay, we got UT Martin. Oh, okay, we're playing Duke. Like you can't you can't be on that roller coaster. You have your set, you know, pillars that you have and your foundation and you know, you you say, Okay, these are our cornerstones, we're gonna do these every single game, no matter what the opponent is. So, um, that's what I'd be looking for is is, you know, in this next game against UT Martin. And then, because, right, that's that's their next one before Duke. Yeah, yeah, they got UT Martin on Saturday night. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for in this game is, okay, now we know how to create our own energy. Okay, now we know that we have some other confident pieces, you know, that, that played really well against the number two team in the country. And then, obviously, I know, you know, Io and Adam Miller and, and Kofi are going to be eager to kind of, um, you know, to get to get back into their, you know, their, their more, I guess, get into their groove. But, but you can't let that deter you and you can't let that take away from the game plan, right? Like it has to all be organic. Um, you know, I know Io is, you know, there's, there's not many better leaders than Io. And I know that, you know, he knows it starts with him. And, you know, so he can't be a guy that's, that's coming in there on, on Saturday looking to, to completely right the ship because you, you have to be able to, you know, understand that, that each of these games, you know, will require something differently. You know, so I, I think that's kind of what I'll be looking for in these, you know, in these next few games here. Man, and I, I hope uh, Underwood continues to schedule like this. I mean, it's the Izzo. Um, you know, I know Greg Campy does it at Oakland right now, too. It's just oh, yeah. uh, schedule the toughest opponents, man, because, like, you can learn so much from them. It, 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 it means it's not going to hurt your net rankings whatsoever. It only helps it, and uh, it gives you a, a lot to work with, man. I was that's exactly right. I, I think it's always uh... – Maybe if you're like a, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't, I've never understood the thought process of, hey, let's play, you know, 12 non-conference games, you know, nine of them are going to be against teams that are, you know, 200 plus net and, you know, we're going to feel really good about ourselves. But that's, that's kind of what happens. Like, and then all of a sudden you get the Big Ten play and you're like, oh man, I wish we would have shored that up. 
in December as opposed to having to fix this in February. And and that's that's like my whole point. Like these past two games, we're four games into it, and I feel like we've learned a lot about this team. Yeah. And I know the team has learned a lot about themselves, and I'm sure Coach Underwood sees the same. So I, I'm excited, and I think uh, you know I, I have a really good feeling about these next couple games here. Awesome stuff, Mike. Yeah, I guess I guess before we let you go, um, you know, there's such high expectations for the season, and every time Illinois has a game, whether it's the first two games, oh, they're they're going to win the national title, or Ohio, yep. oh, they're not quite there, and then this one, people are like, oh, they're not as good as we thought. Um, just are, are are they meeting your expectations so far? I I've just had so much fun watching them. Me too. Um, man. And I I just sitting back tonight and watching that game. I don't care who you are. If you're, I don't care if you're from Centralia, Illinois, or or from Waco, Texas, or or you know Champaign or whatever. Like that was great college basketball. Um, you know, trust me. Like we, I, I watched Kansas and Kentucky last night, and <laughs> and even the Michigan State Duke game. Like this, this felt like even a completely different level um, of just great basketball. So I, I mean, and I, I would just say, and I know it's really hard for a lot of fans at times to to realize the moment and say, hey, you know what, let's really enjoy this. Um, I, I tweeted in the beginning of the game, we belong, and it felt like people, like, pinned that tweet to wait for the run for Baylor, and then everyone was tweeting back at me, like, no, we don't. And that was my whole point. I think I tweeted back and was like, hey, look, if a four-minute stretch is is what flips your opinion on whether or not yeah. we belong or not, chill out. That's- like, just, just – just chill out. That's like enjoy a good... what's enjoy what's going on. You're playing one of the best teams in the country, a national championship contender. Yeah, I think that's a good summation. Is I feel like four or five minutes didn't go well, right? And in a and yeah. a national title contender made you pay for it. And and you have some strides you have to make to beat a team like that. You have to play your A game. No, no, it didn't bring its A game. But even without their A game, man, um, that that was a game, and it was a hell of a game. Yeah, like <laughs> that's what's so crazy to me. It's like. Okay, Adam Miller didn't play his best. Kobe didn't play his best. I didn't play his best, and you were right there with the number two team yeah. in the country. It's like, you know, and and I get it. It's and you like, forced well, them off their see. best, right? I mean, you forced yeah. Butler had twelve points and eighteen shots. Like, he had a worse game than Io, and uh, he's an AP preseason All American. And it was the no Flagler. Question. It was the Flagler kid that hurt him. And I thought their post players and outplayed. Mitchell. Yeah, I, I thought their post players played well. And yeah, Mitchell hit some huge threes, and that's not his game. So. It's not. It's not. So, I mean, those are the, those are the things that, that you live with. But it's, yeah, I, and, and 82-69 I don't think was, was really indicative of, of how that game went for the full 40 minutes. Um, you know, if you're just kind of stumbling and looking at the box scores, um, that's, I don't think that's as and, – and here's the thing, too. You get down 70 to 56 after the – who are, actually, I, I, thought, I thought Meyer was fantastic yeah. for – for Baylor tonight he did you know and it was the other thing too where like it's the classic like okay this has got to be the, the weakness in their defense then you attack him and, and and he's not going for it either so it's it's uh I thought his dunk you know to make it 70 to 56 there was a there was like a crucial you know point right there where that game could have gone to 25 very quickly um if they let that get out of hand but you know, Illinois did what good te- good teams do. You know, you, you have a 14-point deficit, big run by Baylor, and now, you know, Kofi knocks down a free throw to cut it to single digits, and instead of you looking at a 20-point loss, you know, you're sitting at 13, which, you know, I, obviously if Adam Miller doesn't foul, you know, it's maybe 80-69. But, you know, but anyways, I, I just think there's, there's 
you know, moral of the story, there's a lot of good to take from this game. Yeah. Great stuff, Michael. Too man, can't thank you enough for uh, for the late night pod. It's 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 great talking about these huge huge hoop matchups, and that that's where the program's at. And obviously, they can grow from it, but uh, I, I think they will. So, Mike, always appreciate talking hoops with you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll uh, I may I may hit the hay soon. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, Mike. Thank you, bud. All right, man. Take right, care. It was a great half hour of basketball breakdown from Mike Latulip. Uh, hope you really, really enjoyed it. All right, we'll have more reaction, more analysis. I'm going to get to work on my player grades, hopefully get to bed before 2 a.m. this morning. Uh, but I have that up for you guys in the morning. And uh, Derek Piper will have more from Indianapolis on, on Georgie's big game and just what Illinois can take away uh, from this loss. We'll also have a lot more on Illinois football. i got a big feature uh, coming up on one of the Illini's most important players and a senior who's got a big decision to make that has a big impact on, on the program. Plus, our, our preview fully will dive into that. We've been so focused on basketball in this Baylor matchup uh, that we'll have more on the Iowa football matchup, which is a big one. We got a double, um, what would I call that? A double header a little bit with Illinois football taking on Iowa and their chance to get to 500, win three in a row, beat the Hawkeyes for the first time in 12 years, uh, but also another basketball game where Illinois can tune itself up uh, for its next game, next marquee game against Duke next week. That's all coming up at IlliniInquire.com. Check us out there. And if you want to sign up for a premium membership, you can still do so. We got a great deal, $1 for your first month. Give us a try. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, always enjoy you guys listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy it as well. And uh, if you don't already subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. 